Our scripture passages this morning, found in Isaiah and Philippians, direct us in our worship destination. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, provides peace beyond measure. Hear the word of the Lord. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Has not the music been good this morning? Should I just dismiss this right now? Sorry, Uh, but it has been tremendous. Um, I come in here so often and see the handbells practicing and all the time and effort that they put into it. Melinda's capable leadership that she's been uh, uh, exercising with that for so many years. Uh, Can we just thank the handbells one more time for... And I really do say that because of just the consistency uh, of their commitment to what uh, they do here. It's just been marvelous, and the music really has been, uh, has been so great this morning. Houston, we've had a problem. What event does that remind you of? Apollo 13. By the way, Jim Lovell didn't say, Houston, we have a problem. It's Houston, we've had a problem. For all of you purists, I'm saying it correctly. Houston, we've had a problem. Apollo 13, as you know, was about uh, 200,000 miles away from the moon. They had an explosion, and instead of landing on the moon, they were forced to just try to get around the moon and get back home. And they went through a series of challenges and travails and setbacks. And then they get to the point of re-entry. Very, very frightening time. I mean, they had been through a number of frightening times, but the point of re-entry was especially scary because they did not know whether the heat shields would hold and they could just burn up. And the other scary thing about it, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about with radio blackout? There was always three minutes of radio blackout, they called it, because you had this ionized air that the the ship is going through as it's re-entering. And uh, uh, there's just complete communication blackout. You can't hear what's going on on the other end. And it had had always been around three minutes long with all the previous Apollo spacecrafts. And it so happened that with this one, there was three minutes of blackout, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, all these minutes of anxious, anxious silence. And I think the movie directed by Ron Howard captures this anxious silence really well. We're going to play that. One minute and 30 seconds to end of blackout. No re-entering ship has ever taken longer than three minutes to emerge from blackout. 
This is the critical moment for the heat shield hold, for the command module survive the intense heat of re-entry. If it doesn't, there will only be silence. Mommy, you're squishing me. I'm sorry. Okay, flight, that's three minutes. We are standing by for acquisition. Odyssey, Houston, do you read me? Odyssey, this is Houston, do you read? Expected time of reacquisition, the time when the astronauts were expected to come out of blackout, has come and gone. But all any of us can do now is just listen and hope. We're about to learn whether or not that heat shield, which was damaged, as you remember, by the explosion three days ago, has withstood the inferno of reentry. Odyssey, this is Houston. Do you read me? Odyssey, Houston, do you read me? Three minutes, 30 seconds, stand by. Odyssey, Houston, do you read me? Odyssey, this is Houston. Do you read me? That's four minutes. Standing by. Odyssey, uh, Houston, do you read? of you actually remember the drama of Apollo 13? How many of y'all actually remember? It was just incredible. Uh, the whole world was riveted to their television sets wondering if they were going to make it. Now that was a approximately, ultimately a six-minute blackout. Uh, six minutes of silence. Imagine 400 years of anxious Silence. I'm talking about the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The time back in 30 B.C. when the Persian Empire had their thumb down on the Israelites. And you had the final writings of the, the Old Testament like Nehemiah and Haggai and, and uh, Malachi. And then 400 years of silence. And you'd had all these prophetic books prophesying about this Messiah to come. And then no Messiah for 400 years. You talk about 400 years of anxious Silence among the people of Israel who were aching for, yearning for the Messiah. But eventually he comes along. At the right time, God sends his son Jesus, who is indeed, as Isaiah said, can you say it based on our uh, series? He's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Let's focus on that one this morning. As Molly sang and the choir sang, let there be peace on earth, I thought, I have needed that this week. 
I mean, just, just picking up the newspaper each morning was depressing for me. 145 people killed uh, by the Taliban, 132 school children massacred. Uh, within a 48-hour span by, uh, by Muslim uh, rights, they had to bury the children. An entire community burying, 100 families burying their children. I want you to think about that. Just how tragic. Boko Haram in Nigeria killed 32 in an ambush and kidnapped 185 people. Uh, closer to home, the unrest related to uh, the Eric Garner death. Just yesterday, some deranged uh, man in New York, I believe it was, shot execution-style two policemen. Uh, and it was related to that, but he was obviously mentally unstable. Just this past week, uh, the Boston Marathon bomber appeared in court, and I was reminded of all of that senseless tragedy as well. I just needed to hear that there will be peace on earth. You know, pick up any copy of the New York Times or go to Yahoo News at any point, any day, any morning, and find how many articles there are that point to our yearning for peace. It's the majority of the articles. It can be depressing, but then it can point us toward the right trajectory to remind us that Jesus is our peace. Let's turn it to you. You know, we're all aching for peace. In what area of your life right now personally would you say, this is where I am yearning for peace? Is it a physical ailment? Is it the loss of someone? Is it, is it grief? Is it some uh, broken relationship? Is it stress in the family? Uh, is it financial uncertainty? Is it uncertainty about a decision you have to make? The list goes on and on, as you know. But if you had to say, this is what comes to the surface for me, saying, this is where I need peace in my life, what would it be for you? And Advent, as you know, is tough for many. We have members of this family right here, right now, for whom it's going to be a difficult, difficult Christmas because there's something in their own lives that we need to pray for them for God's surpassing peace because it's going to be a tough, tough Christmas. And you and I yearn for peace, and I think that's good news. You yearn for it today, and that reminds you of something. You were created to yearn for it, which tells you that you were created by someone who also yearns for peace. You yearn for peace because you were created to do so, and you're created in the image of the one who is the peace giver, who is the prince of peace. How have Jews always greeted one another from ancient times until now, devout Jews? They, they don't say hello, they say what? Shalom, which means peace, as you know. Think about that. For centuries, they so yearned for peace that they would offer that each and every day. Just in everyday greetings, what they're saying is, I really do wish peace for you and for me and for the world. That was their word. And we could be saying that to each other these days, no doubt. Now, where do we find peace? Uh, forgive me if this sounds very uh, uh, simple. But we find our peace in the presence of Christ. Let me say this, and if you don't remember anything else, peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of Christ. It's not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of Christ. And he is our peace. Ephesians 2, 14. He is himself our peace, it says. And it really is all about him and the peace that he can bring. And so often we get... (laughs) You know, distracted during Advent, forgetting that it really is all about him as our Prince of Peace. Uh, You might refer right now to to your bulletin. There's a couple of quotes that I really read this week that were encouraging to me in a a week of unrest and a week of need for peace. And I've asked Matea if she would read, first of all, the quote by uh, Joni Erickson Tata. 
Just think, every promise God has ever made finds its fulfillment in Jesus. God doesn't just give us grace. He gives us Jesus, the Lord of grace. If it's peace, it's only found in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Even life itself is found in the resurrection and the life. Christianity isn't all that complicated. It's Jesus. And it is Jesus. I, I love all the accounts, even during Jesus' earthly life, where he offered peace to people. What are you struggling with? Could it be a sin that you're dealing with, a private secret sin, a sin that seems to be cyclical and you can't seem to be able to break it? There was a woman like that in the Gospels. Do you remember the woman who really busted into the home of this rich religious leader named Simon looking for Jesus? No doubt she disrupted everything. And this is a woman. Now, is it fair to say we all have skeletons in our closet? I think we do. This woman had multiple closets, and they were all full of skeletons, no doubt. And she bursts into this scene at Simon's home looking for Jesus, and she falls at his feet and begins to, to cry tears. And she, in a sense, anoints his feet with her tears and dries them with her hair as an act of humility, and then breaks the alabaster jar and anoints his feet. And what does Jesus say? You are forgiven. Go in what? Peace. Go in peace. Is it, is it sin that you might be dealing with? He offers that to you today if you would bow to him and ask for his mercy. It's available here and now this day. If you are privately struggling with some sin, I would encourage you to consider doing that today. Or how else might you be struggling with sin? It might be that, you know, and, and it's so ironic, but a lot of times during the Advent season we struggle with our spiritual life. We get so distracted by all the things that are not priorities, and, and our faith starts to wane. And I think of the woman with the hemorrhaging problem who dared, as an act of faith, to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she was physically cured, but Jesus was careful to do what? To stop and interrupt the moment as he was on the way to Jairus' home and say, Who touched me? And it gave her a chance to voice her faith in him. And what does he say? Woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I wonder if you might be struggling with something in your spiritual life. It's flat right now. It's dry. You haven't really been giving it the priority that you need to, and you know that. And you feel like your relationship with Christ right now is so distant, and yet maybe that's the peace you need to do, just as the woman did. Maybe you need to reach out toward him today. Or for some of us this season, I know that it might be grief where we need peace, or maybe fear. And you know, when you think about it, the disciples were struggling with both after the death of Jesus, here they were huddled together in a room, overwhelmed with grief and also fearful of being caught by the Jews and being put to death. <laughs> and Jesus just shows up and says, what? Peace be with you. And he shows them his hands, shows them his side where he was wounded. And one more time, he says, peace be with you. Let's make it more personal for you. Again, I want to ask you, in what ways has it been difficult for you lately? In what ways do you need peace? I'm here to say you were made for better days and better days is, are coming. Peace is coming. And Jesus is our peace. You know, before he was captured and crucified, what did Jesus say to the disciples? John 14, 27. Because this reminds, you of, reminds me of the surpassing peace that Paul talks about later. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace that Jesus gives is not the peace of this world. It's what Paul talks about later on. 
that was read by Lyle just a few minutes ago. It's that peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever had one of those moments where even in the midst of the most stressful of times, it's like God's peace comes to you at the right time. The old, old spiritual used to say, God isn't always there when you want him, but he's always on time. And that's a good way of putting it. It's the shalom of his presence that's always there for you and for me. If only we reach out to him. And his peace really is everything we need. I've always loved the, the songwriter and really theologian Michael Card. And he talks about how what we didn't think we needed was actually everything. Refer to your bulletin again to that second quote. And Matea, will you lead us with reading that? All we could ever imagine, could ever hope for, he is. He is the Prince of Peace whose first coming has already transformed society, but whose second coming will forever establish justice and righteousness. All this and infinitely more, alive in an impoverished baby in a barn. That's what Christmas means, to find a place where you would at least expect to find anything you want. You find everything you could ever want. Everything you could ever want. As we close this series... (laughs) Can, can you help me with, with the four names? We're going to talk about them again at the Christmas Eve service. Help, help me if you remember. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's about Him. It's about Him. I hope we don't miss the point. True story, December of 1903, <laughs> uh, the Wright brothers were finally able to get their plane aloft at Kitty Hawk, And they had it aloft for 59 seconds, just under a minute. And they were so excited that they had finally succeeded. They telegrammed uh, their uh, sister back in Dayton, Ohio. And this is what the telegram said. First sustained flight today of 59 seconds. Hope to be home by Christmas. Sister was so proud. Immediately she took that telegram to the editor of the city paper and gave it to him. She just said, you've got to print this. And he was like, well, okay. And, and the next morning, the Wright brothers were, there was a picture of them in the paper, and the headline read this, Popular Local Bicycle Merchants to be Home for the Holidays. <laughs> Do you get the sense that the editor missed the point? The point was not the homecoming. The point was that they had finally gotten a plane to fly for almost a minute. Uh, I say this to say, I hope you and I, as we get so close to really celebrating at the manger, don't forget. Don't forget whom it is all about. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is the one who came to earth in the manger and sometime later conquered the grave that we might find peace. Tomb's empty. Say that with me. Tomb's empty. So we can go and live in peace. Let's pray together. I want you to take a moment to lift up whatever prayer you need to lift up right now to the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. In what area do you personally need peace? No doubt our world needs it, but let's bring it close, as close as we can to you. In what area are you struggling? What has caused stress? What has caused grief? What has caused disappointment? What has caused turmoil in your own life? 
in what area do you need peace? Will you silently lift up whatever that is to the Prince of Peace and pray that he would bring to you his surpassing peace? Lord, we pray special prayers for peace for those for whom this season is especially difficult because of the loss of a loved one or due to some illness, due to some uncertainty, due to some disappointment that they've gone through, due to some relational stress. Whatever it might be, Lord, we lift up those people especially. Help us to trust that you hear our prayers and that in your good time, in your due time, Peace is on the way. We were created for it. And it's really your son who brought it to us in fullness. We were created for it. And what's amazing is we will realize it in fullness one day when we greet the Prince of Peace in that place where John promised us in Revelation that there will be no more death, no more pain, no more suffering, no more mourning. Greatest of graces, O God. For now, as we still face battles, even though the war is won, as we still face battles in the already but not yet phase, give us peace to keep moving forward to take that next step. Give us that surpassing peace that we might walk anew with you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.